What's up, everybody? You are tuned into The Elks Call with The Elks Herd. My name is Scout, a.k.a. The Rep from Section X. And I'm Catherine, a.k.a. Do Even Elks. And today we have a very special guest for everybody. Uh, the CEO of a pharmaceutical and life sciences consulting services. Uh, defensive line coach for the U of A Golden Bears and professional tailgater. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Brent Cordy. Brent, thank you so much for joining the show today. Hey guys, how's it going? Oh man, super stoked that you're on the show today. Uh, we're, we're doing awesome. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Really happy to be here. And uh, I like the last part of your descriptor of me, professional tailgater. I didn't know, <laughs> you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm uh, maybe four or five years as a pro. So it's uh, yeah. it's good to know that I'm putting my skills to good to good work, good use. That's throw, the most important one. Yeah, throw it, <laughs> throw it on the resume, baby. Throw it on the resume, That's right? <laughs> That's the way to do it. Oh, so um, I mean, you you just got off the turf there, and uh, you're spending your time with us. So thank you, thank, thank you once you again so for. Oh, <laughs> the drum cat coming in there. Look, you never know what you're gonna get on this show. You never know what you're gonna get. Um, so before uh, diving into the rundown here on the show, we do have a bit of a special announcement. Uh, the Elks Call is now available on Edmonton Sports Talk. So our friends Dustin Nielsen, Lieutenant Eric, Matthew Wanick, and Tom Gazzola have started up Edmonton Sports Talk. They've basically recreated TSN 1260, the magic of it, uh, or at least one half of it and brought it over to Edmonton Sports Talk. So we're extremely excited and thankful to be on this ride with them. To our viewers that are listening on Edmonton Sports Talk, thank you very much. It does air 8 p.m. Friday nights over there. And then, of course, Wednesday, Thursdays, uh, over on our YouTube, Shotgun Sports Network Limited. Um, okay, so now that we're through that, uh, we have an even more exciting episode. Uh, so for today... We're going to reflect on that Edmonton Elks versus Calgary Stampeders game. Uh, it was pretty brutal. Yeah. Resulted in a loss, but I mean, it could have been worse. It was exciting. Um, after that, so that's your, you're, you're going to do that in your quarter by quarter. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we're going to open up the fan forum. So we have a couple of topics to talk about surrounding the, the Edmonton Elks and the CFL. Uh, we're going to open up the live chat for that. So once again, get in the live chat, blow it up. If you have any questions, any comments, Get in here and chat with us. This is what it's all about. Uh, then we're going to give you an Edmonton sports update. And then we're going to ask Brent Cordy some questions in the more you didn't know for the copyright. Yes, we can't. We can't say the other way. Yeah, can't, say the other can't way. do it. Can't do it. Uh, all right. Yeah, well, let's get started. I mean, the first thing that we have on the deck here is talking about that past game on September the 4th against the Calgary Stampeders. It was the smoky Labor Day Battle of Alberta. But, uh, I mean, there we were. <laughs> it looked packed. It did. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I actually wasn't paying much attention about the their stadium, to their, their stadium and their fans, but sure. it looked really good. We were, we were there, um, my wife and I, and we had a good, you know, some uh, 65 jerseys there in the stands. And and uh, our section was, was full. There was, you know, there was... There was certainly a lot of empty areas, but it was it was pretty good energy um, 
pretty good energy in the stands and uh, a lot of cheering, you know, until that last few minutes of the fourth quarter. Uh, uh, that, yeah, we'll get there definitely. I well, mean, it it started. Sorry. Sorry. sorry, with the smoke, right? Brent was there. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about the smoke yeah. in a bit, but did you find it to be overly smoky, Brent? Uh, based on what we've had here over the course of the summer, um, it was you know it was it was probably what we normally would have like a seven or an eight or what we hear about that. But I think uh, you know, and it was pretty. It was pretty. It seemed pretty heavy as we were driving down to Calgary. Um, but, uh, it wasn't it, like, honestly, I didn't notice it as being that much different than a couple of the games that we've been at where it's been close, you know, here in Edmonton. So, yeah. Okay. No, noted for later. Sorry about that, Catherine. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, so yeah, no, the first quarter, it started a little stressful for us, of course, with Calgary having that really good run and kicking it in for a field goal. Uh, but then we went ahead and saw Trey Ford do that crazy 40-yard run um, that brought it right into the end zone. And then, of course, Cornelius right in, finishes it off with a touchdown. So, I mean, for a first quarter, I think it was fairly, of course, exciting after that one play that Trey Ford did. It was, of course, a really massive run. But what were your thoughts at this point? Did you think at this point, after seeing that first quarter, that we had it in the bag? Uh, no, I didn't think we had it in the bag. I thought, I <laughs> thought, uh, like Trey Trey Ford's run was electrifying. Like that one was, you know, the one he did later in the game. We'll talk about that later. I'm sure where he was all over the place. This particular run, though, he, he actually went out of bounds right in front of us, and he was flying. Like I thought, there's no way he's not getting in. And um, you pro probably could see it on TV. Like he got pushed out of bounds and he jumps over the, you know, jumps over the standard and then does a, does a roll, lands on the cement and does a roll. And, uh, but it was, it was uh, the, the whole crowd kind of held their breath, you know, because it's just such a spectacular play. But no, I, I didn't think it was, you know, in the bag or, or one way or the other. It was pretty even uh, to that point. Uh, I thought, I thought defensively we were playing pretty well at that point. At that point, we had a fair bit of pressure, that type of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I personally held my breath a little bit after Trey Ford went over that railing because I was like, oh, no, not again. Don't get injured. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was that little moment of panic as, you know, we just got you back. Don't go. <laughs> don't get injured again. Please, please don't hurt yourself. Please <laughs> don't. Don't. <laughs> don't do that. Just be careful. <laughs> well, and going into the second quarter, really, you know, we we also had an exciting second quarter. Uh, Ford had another really good run. Uh, Julian with the Rouge. Yeah, the Rouge. Right, the Rouge. Canada's favorite point. <laughs> the Rouge. Yes. Uh, number 26, Marcus Lewis with a really fantastic intercept that he did for Faithful to kick it in for another three points. Uh, right after then, right after that, Dylan Mitchell gets that first down. And then it comes with that super creative trick play. Uh, where Kyron Moore was the one that threw that touchdown to Steven Dunbar. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the other topic that I want to talk about, right? This is the second game that we have seen some really creative play calling. And it seems like maybe the change of coordinator really is starting to pay off a little bit. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think it's, um, it's provided a spark for sure. Like, I think both the combination of that and and Trey Ford coming in has provided a spark, but his, yeah, the, the play calling like that was very creative and they've, they've run that kind of jet sweep type of play a number of times. 
but never with the throw. So uh, they really they caught Calgary off guard, and that was that was a great play. Loved it. Loved the. It's it's great uh, that you mentioned the jet sweep because that's a play that I've I've shown Catherine with my finger as we're sitting in Commonwealth (laughs) Stadium. Like this is what it should look like, but this is what we never see. Right? Is the actual jet sweep and. Even like you said, with the throw, right? To add a little razzle dazzle on it, um, beautiful to see. So everybody was caught off guard with that one. Yeah, it was- uh, and and a great catch by Dunbar too. Like he had to, he kind of made a twisting catch, uh, you know, to get it. A great catch by him too. Um, but just a, an innovative, creative play. It was awesome. Yeah, totally. and it's it's really nice to see. I mean, I have been watching this team play for a few years now, three years now, and. This is the first time that I have seen trick plays, so it is definitely a really good change. It's yeah, nice. anything, it's right? Confusing <laughs> when you're watching it first. <laughs> it was like, is that allowed? <laughs> it's well, the, the reality is, Trey Ford's like a trick play. Like just uh, when he when he goes back with the, when he drops back and he starts to run, like it is. Uh, it's something to watch, as you guys know, right? Like it, it's. Uh, yeah. From a, for a defense, and I'm a defensive coach too, to try and defend against something like that, uh, let alone like the play you're talking about with Kyron Moore. Uh, yeah, it's it, that's really hard to defend against, and but fun to watch, like very exciting to watch. It's absolutely beautiful. You know, we were just watching um, NFL today because it's back, and we were watching the Kansas City uh, game against. Kansas City versus Detroit Lions, right. yeah. And my sons are just starting to learn a lot about football. And they were asking about Patrick Mahomes. And I, I was like, you know what? This is the reason why I'm so excited about Trey Ford. Because sometimes what it takes for a team to get to a championship is having that trick play quarterback, as you call it. That you know, obviously, Some, well, a, so, well, somebody that can run, somebody that can sure. throw, somebody that can do a little bit of it all, right? But keep the defense guessing for sure. And then, yeah. you know, like you said, Trey Ford, he can also catch Exciting. a ball too. Yeah, he can also like. There's still so many other things with him. Like he's a he's a utility knife as a player, yeah. right? Utility knife, I think, is the best way to put it. But. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're it's right. it's exciting to see because there is a lot of promise, that's for sure. But on that topic, going into the third quarter, I did want to talk about fourth a little bit more. Um, you know, when I was watching the replays, a lot of commentators on the T-Sed panel gave him a straight-up comparison to uh, Doug Flutie yeah, for that run yeah. on the third quarter, right? And he got that touchdown to Dunbar, and it was just... Fantastic. But we all know how the game ended. And one of the things that I know I mentioned is that there is no doubt that Trey Ford is an incredible athlete, right? He's still young, but maybe there's still a little bit to learn there. One of the things that I personally notice is that his run game is absolutely amazing, but maybe that his passing game seemed to lack a little bit, whether it is, you know, we saw a lot of two and outs. We saw a lot of overthrows, mm-hmm. right? So it makes me feel like perhaps there's still a little bit of development for Ford. What are your thoughts on that? Let's talk a little bit more about him. Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah, no question. There's lots of development there still for him. He's got such an incredible ceiling. Like a utility knife is a good way to put it. Uh, like I, I just see a little bit of magic, you know, when he's got the ball, um, you know, the week before in the game against Ottawa, you know, he would he was running around and he he did get a, 
a few larger games, but he was able to run around and then still, you know, make a make a play. And I think Calgary was taking those away. So it might be a little bit of that as well, that he, he didn't see those openings, but I think he'll see those, like he'll see those more. The game will start to slow down for him a little bit is my guess, but I think there's still some, some growth to happen with, uh, with this game. I'm sure he would say the same thing, but yeah, like I, I think the, uh, just everything, the magic that he, that he brings is just, is so much fun and exciting to watch. And it is unfortunate that we didn't win. Right. And didn't (laughs) to finish, finish things off. But I, I think that, uh, um, you know, the, uh, I'm, I'm excited for the game on Saturday and to see what's the next bit of magic that he brings, right? Him and the rest of those players. No, totally. And I mean, it's interesting because Catherine, during that last game, Catherine had mentioned that maybe Trey Ford was taking matters into his own hand a little, in, into his own hands a little bit too much. Was he trying to make the magic happen on his own a little bit too much versus having faith in the guys around him or the scenarios around him or whatever? Uh, he was indeed using his legs, but same time, given that power, sometimes you're going to fail with that power and you have to find other ways to win. So once again, it's going to be a huge uh, learning opportunity for Trey Ford. And this is, uh, I believe, Daryl, right? Daryl on the Elks call, he had also mentioned this. Trey Ford is going to be a quarterback that we have to develop with as a team. We have to develop him as a team. We're not going to have a veteran for him to learn behind. So in doing that, there's going to be mistakes and stuff that happens. And he gave the team more than enough chances to win. I mean, he, he definitely did his part. Sure. It would have been nice to have an insurance touchdown at the end, which is what we ultimately needed to win. But at the same time, can you really blame him for the performance that he put on? Not at all. The, the loss was ultimately, I would say the loss was ultimately on the defense just because of the way that that fourth went. Same time, clock management. Clock management wasn't the greatest. Uh, there was a Kevin Brown. Uh, he, Kevin Brown went out of bounds and stopped the mm-hmm. clock where he should have went down inbounds. So a couple of things that happened there in that fourth quarter that spelt demise for the Edmonton Elks, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's just it. Even though I did make the mention to my sons about, you know, the the nice thing about having a really good quarterback, and sometimes that's what it takes to win championships, the reality is that it takes a team, right? I mean, obviously an entire (laughs) – a really good quarterback is going to be the backbone of a really good team, but you also need the rest of the team to show up. Yeah. And that kind of takes us to the fourth quarter – you know, it was it was difficult to watch. <laughs> it really was. I mean, we saw our defense starting to crumble at this point, and the penalties just kept coming. Uh, we had that questionable, I'm going to say questionable pass interference call. <laughs> and, of course, nobody's stopping the run. So, you know, we had guests here for the game, and I probably jinxed it when I said that no lead was safe until there's 30 seconds on the clock, right? <laughs> so, oh, there it was, right there. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> but I mean, come on. You know, that last play, even that last play, it was a pass to Arsenal at the 50 yeah. instead of what I was hoping to see is just a big Hail Mary just to see where it would take. I mean, we've seen that before, right, yeah. with uh, Lewis and Dunbar that he would just throw. Yeah, you never know what happens, right? Yeah. Right? And 
I mean, my question at this point is, you know, are we underutilizing some of the big talent that now we have in the team? I mean, we didn't see much from Gino Lewis compared to other games. Same thing with Arsenal. Like, are we, do you think that we're perhaps underutilizing some of those guys? That's a great question. You know, um, I I would say that they're still figuring it out. You know, like, I think that they're still, you know, take like, I think it takes a while for, quarterbacks receivers to get on the same page and uh you know trey this is just his fourth fourth game right yeah fourth game that he that he's that he started in and he was not getting a ton of reps with the with um the starters and gino lewis was on injured injured for a while too so just getting getting into that you know there was one play i can't remember i think it was second quarter he threw a, a long pass to lewis and it was overthrown right mm-hmm. so he like as they play together more just the timing of where he thinks he's going to be or if he throws it to his back shoulder or things like that. I think that that will come with time, but that still doesn't change what happened at the end of the game. Like I think still like throwing it deep and giving it a chance for a, for a Hail Mary, unless they had some sort of hook and ladder thing going on that never materialized, which is possible. But, uh, but yeah, it was, you know, it's interesting in the fourth quarter, like probably up until, um, even even when like when Edmonton uh, there's maybe I don't know maybe about five minutes left and they were down on about the thirty of Calgary ran the ball and got a holding penalty that took them back they still ended up getting a field goal but that ended up stopping that drive that might have got even closer eating more time off the clock uh, when Calgary scored after that it wasn't until after that and it was inside of three minutes or after their two and out that it was like uh oh this now you know. Now it felt like the tide had turned. It wasn't really till then, for me, anyways, in the in the stadium that it felt that way. It felt yeah. like control up till then. <clears throat> well, and that's exactly it. You get those little those little momentum turners or those little TSN turning points, right? <laughs> yeah. as yes, yes. But yeah, you could really feel it. And as you know, you got to the five minute mark, and as you wound down, you had that impending doom feeling. It really. was stressful. Yeah, and and another thing that you mentioned, Brent, which is very, 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 very interesting, very good observation. Over and under throws, Trey Ford has been lights out. Uh, his his percentage has been amazing. His accuracy has been amazing over these last over the last three games. Well, actually, no, before the Calgary game, the two games before, and even that Winnipeg game. He played really well. He got the ball to his guys at the right time. Things were working well. Now you go into a very hostile environment where it's rivalry. There's emotions, tons of fans. You've got your people from Edmonton showing up. You have people that have hated green and gold all week. Like people are fueled up on booze and everything else. And everybody goes harder for Labor Day. It's the same thing as the Labor Day rematch as if we aren't going to go harder for the Labor Day rematch. I yeah, so I could tell you stories or not, but that being said, um, it just it, it it was one of those games where it felt like they found another way to lose. Even though we've kind of seen something like this before, they should have won it. An insurance touchdown would have been great. Uh, the clock management once again, that final play, you had about two more plays in you, and the clock management we didn't call a timeout. We let the clock run out and game over. We didn't get that extra stab in the dark, so to speak. Yeah, it was a little frustrating. But, I mean, we did finish 
31, 35, unfortunately, at a loss. But uh, I mean, we get another go at it here coming up. Uh, we do have some transactions uh, for the next game. On the 6th, there was a notification that American wide receiver Deontay's Alexander was signed. We have American running back Colin LaBorne that was signed as well. Uh, and we had a couple of releases. Mackay Johnson running back and as well as national wide receiver Danny Vanderford. The Danny Vanderford one sucks. Big shout out to Danny Vanderford. Yeah, Brent, you know he's uh he's been around with the organization for a hot minute now. Yeah, he's been I think this might have been his third year with uh and we he was in BC before that and a good like a good hardworking Canadian receiver and had been on the practice roster on the roster and yeah, so it's sad to see him released, but uh, wish him nothing but the best. No, well, no, if anything, I really hope that he goes and finds a really good opportunity and we see him out there starting on the field again. Because even uh, Family Day, even right. when we took the yes. boys to Family Day last year, Van Danny Vandervoort, out of all of the players besides Jamin, um, made sure he nodded and said hi and everything when we were trying to film and stuff, so... Really cool guy, really awesome guy. It sucks to see him go, but hopefully wherever he lands, it's the turf. Definitely. Yeah, I hope so. Well, so you mentioned Jamin. Jamin, uh, Jamin loves the camera. So, you know, like, <laughs> he found you. He sure does. He sure does. He's um, always over at the speaker's corner at I the know. tailgate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he he wouldn't be shy about that. And I know he always pays us a visit. I, I coached him actually when he was in high school. Uh, in a he was an all-star like a uh, I was coached team Alberta for a few years yeah. uh, in a, a u18 team and and he played on that and he's you know he's a phenomenal player he's a phenomenal player now uh they'll you know that's a you're probably gonna get to that in a sec Catherine but he's uh like having him back this week hopefully he's back this week have a huge impact for that defense fresh legs and pretty motivated guy we are definitely excited yeah um, we did have another person signed, which was American defense, defensive lineman Calvin Bundage. And we had American defensive back Antonio Mitchell the second release as well. Um, as for injuries, um, Brown Elliott uh, with a knee injury is out, as well as Franklin Jr. Marlo Sean. Am I Marlo Sean right? Jr. Marlo Sean. Franklin Marlo Sean <laughs> Jr. Back. Yeah, with a hamstring injury and, of course, linebacker uh, Jordan Reeves with a foot injury. But we did see AC Leonard, uh, Boucher, Boucher, Boucher. Luches. Luches. Luches Purefoy. I'm horrible with names. Okay. And, of course, Jamin Pelly, we're, we're seen practicing. <laughs> so um, we are definitely hopeful to see them all back. And that is extremely exciting. Massive. It's, it's Massive to have Jamin back, especially with the D-line looking pretty good lately. Yeah. Having Jamin in there. And then, of course, Mr. Walking Turnover himself. <laughs> we really hope that Luchez is back ASAP. Yes. And with the game coming up again against Calgary once more for the Labor Day rematch, um, what are your thoughts, Brent? What do you think they can do better? What are your predictions for the game? Well, we're going to win, number one. We are going to win. No doubt about that. Number two is uh, kind of what, Scout, what you were saying is, you know, we as fans, we got to bring it, right? Like he's mentioned hostile environment down in Calgary, that type of thing. I We got to bring it and make it a hostile environment here, which we will. 
Uh, we'll start it with the tailgate. We'll get to that in a bit. But I think that I, I think that's that part of it. From uh, from a game point of view, I think uh, you know our, what we saw, especially in the in the second half, except for that last two and out, they we ran the ball very effectively with Kevin Brown, and I think running the running the ball like in the in the game against Ottawa made a big difference, and I think we were starting to really wear down uh, wear down Calgary. Interestingly, in the um, on that last run that Kevin Brown had, that there was a holding call on. There was there was a guy about five rows behind me, and uh, we had had three or four runs, good runs in a row, and he uh, he really loudly stands up and he goes, "They're kicking our ass." And so I, at that point, I was feeling confident. Then the holding finally came, and then everything changed. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, it, it'll be definitely an exciting game, and just. Before we move on, just as our um, watcher here and commenter says here in the chat. Shout out, John. John. This is John. What's up, buddy? There's going to be a lot of Taylor Swift fans in the audience on Saturday. Swifties. Swifties (laughs) with the double E. They know how to fight. (laughs) So all those Calgarians that may show up, even if they're not a lot, because uh, once again, John here says that there's going to be a really big watch party at their football stadium on Saturday. So maybe we're not going to see a lot of Calgarians here, but I'm not sure. But either way, we just have to get make sure that all those Swifties get in on the rowdiness and we'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> so girls. Learn your ABCs at the same time. And also thank you, John, for the score update. I uh I was a little bit uh disappointed we were gonna miss the ending of that one. Um Lions won 21 to 20. <laughs> Wow. Nice update. Wow. That's, that's an upset. That's an upset for sure. Yeah, I got to I got to see what happened with Patrick Mahomes there and uh Pacheco, so um yeah, disappointed. That's who I had. Hey. That's that's all it is. It's just for his fantasy. And fan, so. Fantasy is definitely a big <laughs> fantasy night. Brent, are you doing fantasy this year real quick? I I am. I've uh, this year I've I've just got one one league that I'm in this year, but I've been playing in a league with a bunch of buddies for since uh 2004. Nice. Nice. it's a keeper league and uh some years i do okay but the last few years it's not been good so (laughs) that's that's amazing because like you know the league right uh people watch the league you you've done all of that i watched the league before i even got into watching football (laughs) brent Brent was the guy with the whiteboard and you know you get an in-person together yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Brent is an OG fantasy nice. football guy. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. B- before everybody just went on their phones and just yeah. went to Yahoo or yeah, sleep. yeah, no, yeah, no, it's yeah. Different. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. Uh, all right, so guys, uh, big shout out to our live listeners tonight, and a big shout out to our listeners on Edmonton Sports Talk. We're gonna open up the fan forum. It's about that time. So this is a segment called the Fan Forum where we're going to talk about some hot topics surrounding the Elks and the CFL. And our live listeners will get to chime in on each topic we discuss. Make sure you comment in the live chat after we ask the question as we'll look in the chat and we'll, we'll, we'll bring you into the show. So let's get started. Our first one, Brent, you're, you're a little bit familiar with this. It's about the Labor Day rivalry series. So recently fans have been talking about how 
it's a little unfortunate that the Labor Day game is always in one specific city. For others, it's a tradition. Obviously, if you're a Calgary Stampeders fan, you probably love that the Labor Day game is always in your city. If you're an Elks fan, maybe you don't like it. Uh, Brent, what do you think? Should we be changing that game's location every year, or should we be keeping the tradition of keeping you know, the Labor, the Labor Day game in Calgary and Saskatchewan, Regina, and Hamilton? Yeah, that's a, you know, I've never thought of that before. Because it's always been in Calgary, right? So, um, and I've been to quite a few of them, uh, quite, quite a few of the Labor Day classics. But uh, you know what? It'd be pretty cool if it was if we had a, a Monday afternoon, uh, Monday afternoon Labor Day classic in Edmonton. I think that would be a nice change up. And I would assume the same thing for you know the Toronto Hamilton thing. Not that we really care what happens out east, but still. Okay. But uh, like to have that that uh, that in Edmonton or, or change it every year or whatever that happens to be, I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I I think that it would be sweet to see it change every once in a while, right? Maybe a five years on or five years off or two years on and a two years off, something like that, right? You don't necessarily have to change it every year. Now, at the same time, it's almost become a Labor Day tradition of our own now, especially yeah. with the boys as well. Yeah. Um, the boys, for whatever reason, they've seen, like, they were there for the 2021 Labor Day win. Yeah. I mean, they, they, we watched the Labor Day win. Yeah, that one. I yeah. celebrated that one hard. Yeah. You never see, you never see the Labor Day win, right? Because it's always in Calgary. But at the same time, when I was writing this question out for today's show, I was thinking about it, and man, would it ever be nice to go to a Monday <laughs> game and to go to the do the Monday afternoon thing? You Make the Calgary Stampeders fans come up. Only, only if it's a two p.m. Well, because you know, usually you have school the next day because first day of school, and at least for the boys, and right. it was also. A work night so you have to work the next day right so it's like see, make it a 2 p.m so that we still have time to go home and sober up a little bit and then we're but good. see what's changed this year now though is that the game was originally two o'clock in calgary yeah. but now the game is five o'clock yeah. in calgary yeah, that's what it was. yeah. so the, even then right like that kind of changes things mm-hmm. yeah I, I like the it was good that it was two o'clock like and uh like I remember back in the day when they did like the Monday and the Friday game, uh, the like the rematch was on Friday, so there's a very short turnaround. But that Friday night, because uh, it's the first, it'll, just like it'll be this Saturday, you know, schools just restarted, universities restarted, yeah. people are you know, like football is kind of there's some energy around it, uh, so it, it is good to have a have a night game. Like I think that'll be that'll be a fun Saturday afternoon for us this week and. Uh, and a good party, of course. It always is for you know at our tailgate, of course, and then yeah. we'll uh, we'll let it rock at the game. Oh, exactly. No tail, tailgate, right? Tailgates, <laughs> uh, tailgates, definitely one of the biggest parts of that. Um, yeah, I mean, real quick before we jump into the next one, Brent, we could talk tailgate all day. But are you the type to show up extremely early? Are you a, are you a three hour before? Or do you try to stick to the two hour before? Or are you like a five hour before we're doing this all day? Oh, no, not five hour before. Although, uh, so if it was up, uh, my wife and I have this discussion quite a bit. And so does a buddy, Garrett. You've met Garrett, uh, you know, that we tailgate together. And uh, 
uh, you know, his, his wife and my wife have been good friends for a long time. And they say, well, how early do we have to go? Uh, we're usually there about three hours ahead of time. Nice. You know, this week's a little bit different where it's going to be a nice Saturday afternoon. Uh, and there's two games before. So, you know, you can put the iPad or the phone on or something like that and catch the game and, and have a few beers. in the Make it a full day event. Oh, yeah. I don't think I'll make it like an 11 a.m. event, or like right through for the whole night. But, but certainly, uh, I won't be there past two for sure. That's I'll awesome. We're we're like I'm slowly working us back to that three hour point, and maybe in the future I could see the four hour point. Like even <laughs> well, for this Saturday, I'm surprised every single time we get there, like two and a half hours it's, before, and people are already set up. It's already a full blown party. So <laughs> it is slammed every like for the last well the last game for yeah. sure. We rolled up and we were trying to you know get ahead of the eight ball. And then we get there and we find out that we're behind the eight ball because like 50% of the tailgaters were already going hard out there. So that like, I, I love it. Um, I hope that we do indeed get to that point where we're uh, going that much (laughs) earlier, but um, yeah, I mean, we'll definitely try to be there two and a half to three hours before for Saturday's game for sure. Uh, It's so, it's so much fun. Like, sorry to say on the tailgate stream, but like, it's just so much fun. Um, it's become a uh, like a highlight for a lot of our friends, family, all that stuff to come and you know and seeing you guys and seeing a lot of other people every every game and uh, it's just a blast. But you know, getting there three hours, we were like two hours and then two and a half, two forty five and and three hours before, and there's still lots of people there. Like it's like there, it doesn't seem to matter how early yeah. you get there. There's there's a party already going on, so it's good. Well, and I think that. In order to be treated like a like an American tailgate party, well, we just need like five hundred more. People. Yeah, sure, but even <laughs> even then, you have to act like an American tailgate yeah. tailgate party. Like I understand that the city of Edmonton has their rules. We get it, but that's also public property up to that two hour mark, and then it's Edmonton Elks property. So technically speaking. You can sit there for as long as you want tailgating and as long as bylaw doesn't come along and kick you out, which they're not going to on Edmonton House game day, you're safe. You're safe, yeah. 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 No, that's that's uh you know, we're gonna we're gonna keep that card in the back pocket there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think the, the energy really changed this like it's all it was good last year, it was good the last few years. The energy changed this year by adding those extra you know, extra stalls. And if they can get even more that, like you say, get 500, uh, that'd be awesome. And like, we're right across from the band, right? Yeah. Like, right across, like literally right across from the band. And, uh, so like there it's, it's great energy there every day. Like, uh, I love the, very, the different music that we get. And, uh, Oh, it's always a good party. I miss you guys coming around with your videos though, instead of you know being in your, being in your spot, but. I know. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. One of the worst parts about having that spot. Well, no, not that spot. It, it's very great that we have that spot because we're two vehicles away from you at all times. But the problem with having a tailgate spot is we need to serve food for 
yeah all the cfl fans that roll through yeah all the time so we no longer get the chance to go around although whenever i show up with the boys they always want to go do uh what's, what's cooking, cooking. <laughs> they always they're the ones that ask because of course every time we go they get treats and they get chips and they get candy but uh they they definitely mm-hmm. still ask and Whenever they show up, we definitely try to continue doing that yeah. and bring it back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, every time. Um, and usually in barbecues, you get a little bit of smoke from the Something barbecue, a little sizzle. Another. So that brings yeah, us right <laughs> into the air quality lately. And we, we touched a little bit on this earlier, but now we want to get in depth. We want to talk the air quality index rating. So... Um, the Edmonton Elves versus Stampeders game was played under an extreme air quality condition in which the air quality was actually above seven, I want to say, when seven is the limit for the CFL to proceed forward with a game. With that, today the CFL is introducing a real-time air monitor to prevent this situation from happening again. But did the CFL miss the mark by letting this game go ahead? Or is this the correct fix to have, you know, live air quality monitoring, pause the game wherever you need to, and pick it back up wherever the air quality is good? And, you know, just to remind everybody as well, our atmosphere and stratosphere and all that, it all has layers, right? So the, the smoky air at the turf, isn't the exact same quality as the smoky air, you know, a couple hundred meters above or whatever. So um, we really don't know where they're testing, but Brent, what do you think? Well, the, uh, that, so that part, I actually, I just learned something. It makes sense, you know, with air quality at different levels. Um, You know, I don't know. My son's a player and those players are uh, like our, they're elite athletes and they're all impacted a little bit differently by air quality. Like, and I, we've had this similar issue with at the university level too, is that, you know, you got the, the, the players association with them putting, you know, like challenging the league uh, on this is they're looking out for the best interest of the players. They're not trying to delay anything. So I don't know. I, I think they're trying to do what's best, like do what's best for the players. I think that the hard part is if they wait to the day of, then then they're like the day of, and it's moving like it was a bit on on Monday. Then then it's tough because you've got fans coming, you know, you've got TV, you've got all that other stuff. But at some point they gotta. It's a tough line. I don't know. I'm not giving you an answer. <laughs> That's a very Please very fo- fo- football political <laughs> answer there, Brent. Yeah. No, sorry about that. No, it, it's funny because. I've excused the game going forward for much of the same reason. Like, you know, you have all of these camera crew, the players, the fans, how many thousands of dollars have moved to, to, for this game basically. Right. Mm -hmm. So going ahead and canceling it, I delaying it. Sure. I agree with delaying it, canceling it. I don't see that that's going to be a possible viable solution unless you literally like can't see the turf. Um, excuse me, but I think I think what the biggest thing here is is that uh, air quality testing. You need to know exactly where you're testing that that air. Like you kind of do need live 
real-time testing on those conditions immediately surrounding you because let's say you test in the north end of Edmonton and the south end of Edmonton yeah, isn't that smoky, but yeah. the north end is very smoky because you have wildfires that are blowing the wind perfectly, you know, across that direction. Um, you could go ahead and say that the air quality in Edmonton is at a three, or if you tested in the north end, it could be at a seven. Yeah. So I do think that there should be better accuracy in how we test air quality and especially during wildfire season and yeah I really mean, we tried having a garage sale over the weekend and we just had to cancel it because yeah. it was absolutely horrible outside and people were not walking around when it was super smoky and it felt like when you're not a smoker or anything it felt like you're having a pack of smokes <laughs> and, yeah, you know and i couldn't even imagine being out there doing sports running around and being active I think when the the players get in the heat of it, then they're maybe they don't notice it as much. But I, I, I say that, and then at the same time, like I know, it, and this is as a coach. Uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was I want to say like it was pre-COVID, right before COVID. There was another fall where we had really bad smoke, like 2018, 2019 type thing, and we had you know we had you know smoke ratings eight nine in that range, and uh, where we had to call practice and we. When we would try to practice, some guys were fine, were 100%. And other guys that didn't have asthma, didn't have any breathe, all of a sudden they couldn't breathe. They just literally couldn't breathe. It was, it was uh, actually one of them was Cole Nelson. He was one of my defensive linemen that I coached. And um, like he was one of the guys that was affected. He was in great shape, but it had, like everybody affects differently. So, again, another non answer <laughs> question, but like I, like it, it's it is tough for all those reasons, and also there, there's I it, it strikes me that there was another game earlier this year that they were talking about. Well, they might have to postpone it to the following day. Well, what what would that do? You know, like, there's no fans, nobody's going to watch on TV. You know, the game prep it affects then the next game, the gap between the next two games nice. uh, yeah. for the coaches, all that stuff too. But at this, you know, what's first is the you know safety of the players and all that stuff too. So, but. Well, exactly. Yeah. And I, and I think if we were seeing, you know, results that were from a fire that's immediately in the air, or maybe something that, you know, isn't obviously going to get better anytime soon, or maybe this is the best chance that we have right now at it. You kind of have to make that decision. And then the, that's once again, within the stadium with how air flows and everything else, we don't know what the exact quality is for people sitting in the seats and the people down on the turf, the players down on the turf. So I think that, I, I think that this is a step in the right direction. I hope that this actually does solve things going forward and actually gives us real time information. And then of course, the one thing I do really hope that happens is that the CFL applies their rules to their outfit because obviously with that game uh the biggest problem with this whole topic here is the fact that people have noticed and people are talking about it and it's a contradiction um we we say that we're going to go ahead and not not play these games in these conditions but these conditions come and we're going to go ahead and play it anyways and i understand and brent understands you understand Catherine. i think our viewers understand why you're going to go ahead and play that game um and if, if it was that big of a risk, then the game definitely wouldn't have been played. Mm -hmm. 
So by no means are we saying that the CFL is trumping safety over playing the game. However, at the same time, um, there's also a lot of logistics as well. And thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to delay it if that if, if that smoke isn't even going to clear by the time you go to play that game. So, um, yeah, it's like an, uh, yeah, like you think of too the, the, uh, like we've had de- delays because of lightning, you know, like that, like that, they have a good pulse here on because that's been around for a long time. And, but whereas, you know, the, the, the impact of smoke and fires has really been more so in the last four or five years that we've really seen it, right? So I think they're trying to figure that out. But I agree with you. It's a good, it's a step in the right direction that they're trying to figure out what's the best way to measure this? How, what's the best for, uh, for the game overall? Like, I, I don't, I don't think uh, that the, the CFL is looking to put anybody in, you know, not, not, you know, in, in a bad situation from a health point of view. So. No, no, definitely not. I mean, a, if somebody had a lot of money and wanted to make an invention, you know, something that (laughs) converted smoke into fresh, clean oxygen that blanketed over. uh, It was uh, like a dome, like, like kind of went like a dome over top of the stadium. Uh-huh. Oh, where where were we like going? an ionizer, like an ionizer that you know, like spun just in that area. <laughs> that's, that's uh, hey, hey, the, the, there's there's somebody out there with billions of dollars <laughs> that owns a billion dollar business. Um, all right, so guys, the fan forum. We're gonna go ahead and close the fan forum today. Uh, keep on throwing any of your comments, suggestions, questions. Uh, any questions anything into the live chat um especially too if you have something that you want to bring up for the next episode a a topic or question john actually helped us with one of our topics today so thank you john in the live chat yeah if you have anything throw it in there we're gonna read it next up ladies and gentlemen this is your edmonton sports update (coughs) Today's update, today's update is brought to you by Herdies. Catch us at every Edmonton Elks tailgate party. Herdies, we smoke the meats. On Monday, the Edmonton Elks lost to the Calgary Stampeders in Calgary. They will welcome the Stamps to Commonwealth Stadium on Saturday. Kickoff is at 5 p.m. You can catch the game on TSN or 6.30 Chad. The Edmonton Stingers have announced that Reed Clark is stepping down as president and CEO. Clark worked in his position from February 2023 up until two days ago. <laughs> the University of Alberta Golden Bears football team is hosting the Manitoba Bison tomorrow. Kickoff is at 7 p.m. Mountain at Foot Field. Go Bears. Go Bears. Go Bears. In other Canadian sports news, Team Canada's men's FIBA team is facing Serbia on Friday, September 8th. Tip-off is at 2.45 a.m. Mountain. <laughs> he wants to wake up to watch it. I'm not sure about that. But... <laughs> We're the Elks, and you're up to date. Oh, so good. And then, good. just like every other radio show, we have our little commercial break where we shout out to our affiliates, Royal 
retros. Brent, I know you appreciate throwbacks. I love throwbacks. Absolutely. There's nothing better than a good throwback. Um, Use code STAMPEDE for 10% off over at royalretros.com. We are celebrating the 2023 USFL champion, Birmingham Stallions. Giddy up. Nice. And, and then Things Engraved. So Things Engraved is the official merchandise supplier of Shotgun Sports and the Elks Herd. So definitely swing on over. There's always something on sale over at Things Engraved. We just made some purchases ourselves. So, yes, we buy our own merch. Call us losers. But we wanted some nice Elks Herd gear for around the house. So that's <laughs> what we did. And then... Last but not least, Lather, L-A-T-H-R.com, Lather.com, 15% off over there. If you use the code SHOTGUNSPORTS15, uh, cleanse those dirty thoughts. With some soap. With some soap. Just in case if that wasn't clear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's good. I, I like that. I like that ending to that to commercial there. Did you say okay. cleanse those dirty thoughts or dirty yes. socks? Both, both, <laughs> Thoughts and socks in the shower, and shower. you can use it for your laundry. Maybe not, not officially. Not. Uh, the clothes thing is not official on Lather's end. I will uh, <laughs> throw that out there on behalf of them. <laughs> All right. Uh, so here's the best part of the show. This is why we have the live viewers watching still. It's the more you didn't know with Brent Cordy. So Brent, we're gonna we're gonna ask you a couple questions here. We're gonna we're gonna grill you a little bit. Get to know you a little bit more. Okay. We know you have some pretty deep sports ties here in the city of Edmonton. Can you please bring us through your sports career all the way up until now? Oh well, it's it's pretty uneventful. Uh, did you ask the same question of Lieutenant Eric? Uh, he does not. He doesn't have a sports career. He has a radio career. He has a radio career. <laughs> radio career and he's got he's got uh, way better flow than I do. So I uh, very impressive. So my my uh, sports career, let's see. Uh, I um, so I'll, I'll try to make it semi brief. I I grew up in Peace River actually, and uh, I, so I played every sport when I was up there, including football. And then uh, I uh, I when I left there, I went and played a year of college basketball given that you're a basketball fan. So I played here at college basketball at Grand Prairie College. That's what it was at the time. And then uh, and then came played at U of A, played four years at U of A, uh, was a defensive lineman, played a little bit of linebacker as well. Uh, still, well, I uh, used to hold the record for the most sacks uh, in a season and career-wise, but that got beaten a few years ago. Uh, but... Uh, and um, got uh, I got drafted by the Eskimos at the time. Got drafted by the Eskimos. Uh, didn't make it. And so that was the end of my football playing career. And then uh, I coached at U of A for... Uh, so now I flip into my coaching career. Uh, as my kids were... Before they were born, I coached at U of A for uh, four years. And then once they started playing sports, I coached soccer, baseball, hockey, uh, football. When they got into football, both of my kids... And so then I coached them kind of all the way up and right into, into high school and then kept coaching after that. And then Chris Morris asked me to coach at U of A and I've been there for coaching there for about eight years. So that's my, that's my story. 
eight years. That's amazing. Well, and I, I, I wish I would have gotten Catherine the picture quick enough. Unfortunately, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind week, but it's the picture of you and Terry. Like that's I, I really wanted to know the story behind that picture because it looks like it's from Commonwealth. I could be wrong, but that could be the apartments in the background. Was it a, was it a, like from playing days? Yes, yeah. You and you and Terry are both in green and gold, so it could have been either U of A. It would have been U of A, yeah, because Terry and I both played at the same time. So he was he Terry was an outstanding high school quarterback, like remarkable. And then he, uh, when he came to U of A, they said, "Oh no, we're good for quarterback. Why don't you play safety?" And so he was an excellent safety. Uh, but yeah, that would have been uh, from our uh, from our Bears days. So that that's a I know the picture you're talking about. That's a good one. Because we used to play at, uh, we played at, at Clark Stadium and Commonwealth that way back in the day. Nice. I, I thought I recognized uh, those towers. I'm really happy I'm not wrong. Thank you. That's exciting. That's an exciting sports career, though. Don't, yeah. Don't that. that is pretty exciting. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and we also know that you are, of course, the father of number 65, uh, center Mark Horty right now at the that place for the Edmonton Outs. So what is it like coming through the system, being a coach and then father to a football player? Well, um, well it's, it's fun. It's fun. I'm very proud of, very, very proud of him. And uh, uh, both, both my, actually both my, my sons, my older son also played university football. They both played through that at times. So it was a lot of fun as they were, growing up and enjoying we enjoyed hockey and football and stuff like that so yeah to see uh to see mark playing especially here in edmonton like it was great to see him drafted and he went to ottawa and played for a few years but to sign in edmonton and be playing here is pretty awesome so nice. what was that like what was that like when he went to play for ottawa and did you like of course supported him wore the jersey but inside you were like oh I hope Edmonton wins. <laughs> I, was, I was still, I was still coming to all the Edmonton games, uh, and uh, but I would, I would cheer on the on the Red Blacks when he was playing for the Red Blacks. But uh, but yeah, no, it was uh, it, it was great. It was great to see. Actually, Ottawa is a fun place to go to watch a football game uh, as well. Yeah, a lot of fun, fun, the good fans, good people there. Uh, but uh, just great to have him come home here. And uh, interesting, um, my brother Terry, who you mentioned earlier. When Mark signed here in Edmonton, so almost whatever a year and a half ago, uh, right away Terry said, "I'm going to put together a spreadsheet. Let's see how many you know. Ask the family and see who wants to get a jersey." Well, before you know it, there were sixty, right? There were sixty names on the list. So we oh, we yeah. we reach out to uh, to the Christine in the Elk store. She knows the whole family, right? Yeah. And uh, of course, you see a lot of sixty-five jerseys if you come by, swing by the the tailgate, um, or in the stands anywhere. Uh, but I think uh, that number of sixty that went up, it was up well over a hundred. Uh, so, yeah, we just don't all show up at the same time. But it's it's a lot of fun. It's fun to to watch uh, watch him play, and it's fun to watch. We got there's four Golden Bears on the team too, so uh, it's a lot of fun to watch uh, watch the, all those guys. So it's pretty cool. Oh, it must feel like. You know, a big proud papa to all of them too, <laughs> to all the golden bears as you see them. <laughs> yeah, we got proud papa, proud uncles, grandpa, oh, grandma. Everybody. Uh, well, you've met them all. Yeah, they're uh, they're, they're pretty proud, pretty happy, have a lot of fun. 
over a hundred jerseys. Yeah. That is like not many offensive linemen. Maybe other than David Beard, you know, like David Beard had a pretty good a local crowd too. But yeah, no, we, uh, yeah, there's uh, having a, a, an offensive lineman jersey number out there. You just don't see that very often. So, no, that's awesome. sure the team loved you. <laughs> All the Cordy family. Yeah, Christine. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, it's you again. No, she's awesome. <laughs> if you haven't met Christine in the, in the uh, team source. Yeah. She's amazing. Oh yeah. She really is. Christine is definitely one of our favorites. Um, and even then, when you guys were getting all of those jerseys, they were posting on the social medias. And I, I believe, was it you that posted a picture of Mark signing all the jerseys? Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Awesome. yeah. He had them. I picked them all up, and then we took them home. And uh, yeah, he had them all lined up and signed. We had to label them all so everybody got the right size and stuff like that. To a little yeah. assembly line. Yeah, exactly what it was. <laughs> That's so good. That's funny. Yeah, it was pretty good. Well, it's like uh, you know, like NHL players doing their upper deck days and you know, ripping through tons of the cards, same deal. Mark's just ripping through all the jerseys. For the yeah. Every every it. time every time he gets a new one, I'm guessing that he uh he he gets the signature treatment. You gotta bring it to Mark, you gotta get it signed and signed off on really right yeah, you know absolutely. based on what we see based on what we see at the tailgate those those family parties you must have must be just absolutely wild <laughs> they, they're a blast like they really are like we kind of lucked out because uh like two years ago before mark signed here it was only my friend my buddy garrett that had like one tailgate spot and i was trying to get one and then i finally got one and got it beside him uh, and then Mark signed. So then we had two together. And yeah. then when they expanded it this year, some people moved. And then my brother Terry got one a couple stalls down. And then a guy that I used to play with, Dave McKinnon, uh, Dave got one right beside Garrett and I. So we have three together and Terry's one over. So we got a nice wide berth right in front of the band, right beside the Spirit of Edmonton and two cars away from you guys. Life's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. You you guys you guys are a little heartbeat spot over there. You guys are a key cog in the machine, you know, for the tailgate. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, you're easily one of the best tailgaters back there. Your foods are always good. We have n never anything ever to complain about. <laughs> um, if anything, we feel bad because you guys get blasted with the music the whole time and. Sometimes I just want to hear your voice a little bit more, Brent. <laughs> and sometimes you don't. <laughs> exactly. You don't really hear much, but hey, yeah. at least. <laughs> They've gotten better with the music and actually just uh, like in in tempering it a little bit. So which is which is which is good. But sometimes it's hard to hard to hear. So that's why Terry's is a little off to the side, and it's kind of nice, you know, the the grandparents yeah. out there. Yeah, or at least you know if they if they position the speakers so it's like the on the outside of your tailgate spot <laughs> and kind of project it out towards the wings and not directly in like one little concentrated spot, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So for our last question, we know that you're a coach. We know that you're the defensive line coach for the U of A Golden Bears. Your team's fresh off a win against Calgary. I wish the Edmonton Elks were saying the same, yeah. but hey, we'll take you of hey, At least one of our teams is doing. Golden so. Bears. I'll take it. You must be stoked about that. Um, so how's this season going? You guys started with a win. 
that must indicate that you guys are doing something right. Uh, what are you liking about this team, Brent? Well, so, uh, yeah, I love the team. I mean, like I, the, well, first of all, the biggest reason I coach is the kids, the kids, and I can't call them kids because they're, you know, the young adults or young men, but they're, they energize me totally. Like, it's just, it's a blast uh, going to coach. It's a volunteer thing that I do and I love doing it. Um, but this, uh, so we're, we're at a very different stage of the season. We've only played one game, right? Versus the, the, the Elks that have played 12. So we're going into our second game tomorrow. Uh, we got like a group of players. We usually like university age kids, like they're, they're there from anywhere from three to four years to five to six years, right? So you got them for a fair chunk of time where they come in as early boys out of high school and they leave as men. Uh, but uh, our quarterback, for example, Eli Hetlinger, he was named the top university uh, player of the week. Uh, 300 and whatever, 70 yards passing. Uh, he was at Elks camp uh, on part of the development thing this year. Excellent quarterback. We've got, you know, experienced running back, uh, really strong offensive line. Chris Morris is the offensive line coach. So we, you know, since he's been there, that's been a focus and those guys are solid uh, and a highlight group of receivers. Like if people want to come see really exciting football, come Saturday to watch the Elks play Calgary because we're going to have an exciting game there, but come out Friday night, tomorrow night, uh, and watch the Bears. It's an exciting brand of football. Uh, also, like, the, one of the other things that has me excited, now you can see I'm pretty jazzed up, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, you got people like Chris Morris. I have tons of respect for, for Chris, and and both when he was a player, played 14 years, you know, with the uh, with the Eskimos, and then uh, um, and, and he's been coaching for, I think, now 10 years with the uh, with the Bears, uh, AJ Gass is our defensive coordinator, former you know, former Edmonton football player. Rick Walters is our offensive coordinator, former you know Edmonton receiver, uh, and we've got a lot of people that have really good football experience. So it's a fun group of coaches and um, and uh, just a great group of uh, young guys that have tons of energy, want to learn, want to play hard, and having a blast. So it's good. That's awesome. Good I really wish I went to U of A to study and that was before I was even into sports. But now thinking about it, I really wish that I had got to some of those games and you really got out. to see all of that. Because still go. It's cheap. Yeah, too. Of, course, of course, I could still go. Definitely. And I probably will. We definitely should. Uh, but it would have been, uh, I think, a really nice experience to kind of go to university and see all the university teams play and I mean, now I'm excited thinking about it. Now I'm a, an outsider, an <laughs> alumni, but I, I'm not there anymore. So definitely for everybody out there that is currently a student, an alumni, or anybody who's supporting Edmonton sports, definitely should go and go check out uh, Golden Bears. Totally. Well, and <clears throat> Brent uh, actually mentioned earlier, pardon me, Brent actually mentioned earlier Team Alberta. So us at Shotgun Sports, we got to go down and do a media appearance and run some media and put up some put footage and let everybody know and bring, bring the awareness to the Canada Cup this year. So it was really cool being down at Foot Field. I had never actually been before. Yeah. Um, life is busy. But that being said, I've always wanted to go down to Foot Field. I've always wanted to just get there. And then I, I'm definitely wanting to go to a Golden Bears game ASAP. I tried to convince Catherine actually to go to the game tomorrow night. 
However, she has plans already. Maybe I'll just go on my own. I don't know. Maybe maybe okay. I'll just go to see you, Bren, and go see the boys play and to go get a win, go get two in a row, right? Go get two in a row. Yeah. You never, well, and well, you may not see me because I'll be. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm usually in the spotter's box. Is my kind of my role as far as but but uh, uh, I, I'd be surprised if we didn't see some former Golden Bears that are playing for the Elks attend the game. Uh, Chris Jones, Chris Jones, and a couple of his other coaches uh, came to our couple of our games last year uh, and from the stands. And yeah, they came and talked to us beforehand. And yeah, so but I I would I would anticipate a few of the uh, yeah a few of the Bears grads and maybe some of the other players will come watch the game too. Nice. No, it's it's always a good environment down there. Love that field. Love the fact that the end zones are painted yellow. Love that big old yellow A. And even with that Team Alberta bit, um, them having the blue A, I thought that was so cool that they were mimicking University of Alberta, right? With that uh, with that throwback A, like that's that's just such a beautiful logo over there. So really stoked. Really excited for your guys this season. Uh, the Edmonton Elks, hey, we may not get, we may, may not make it to the playoffs, but you can support the U of A Golden <laughs> Bears by getting down to the foot field, watching some exciting uh, football. And Eli, your guys' quarterback is, that guy is turning heads right now all across U sports. Yeah, he's good. And you got to remember, too, uh, guys like a quarterback like Trey Ford played in the same league. You know, played in U Sports, and yeah. uh, he played in Waterloo, but but still, these that's that's uh, there's a lot of really good football players that um, that come out of uh, come out of U Sports. Uh, Gavin Cobb played for University of Manitoba. That's who we're playing tomorrow. You know, and of course the guys that played at U of A that are there. But it's yeah, it's it's a it's exciting football. But um, on you know with the with the Elks in the playoffs, I know people don't want to you know you might want to talk about it too much, but there's still a chance, you know. Like there's still a chance they got to win. They got to win quite a few games, but and tomorrow for sure. That's the start. start. We go from there. Yeah, it 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 all it all starts with Saturday. I guess we're gonna say, uh, you know, we're gonna restart the season again. Yeah. yeah. Um, all the other games did not matter. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> Let's start. Start anew. <laughs> yeah. Um. So everybody. That is 10 minutes past an hour. Yeah, well, yeah, Bren, next time that we see you is, of course, is going to be at the upcoming tailgate on Saturday. But the one after that, we do have our tailgate chili cook-up, in case people don't know. So it will be a competition amongst tailgaters um, for to see who has the best chili. So are you excited about that? I'm pumped about it. I I don't know. Do you guys have uh, any secret part of your chili that you got uh, that you're going to share we are actually going to make a gluten-free chili because we do have a couple i mean we understand that a lot of chilies are gluten-free we know it but we definitely want to make sure that uh, people that may have any intolerances or anything we we're not adding anything that may affect them so that's going to be our secret, which is not so secret anymore. I That's suppose. a good secret time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and actually as well, um, if anybody actually gets a hold of us after listening to the episode, actually listening to it, that's where all of those actuallys are trying to go, is for actually listening to the episode. If you listen all the way to the end of this episode, if you are listening on Thursday, give us a message at the Elks Herd on Twitter. 
shoot us the word green on Twitter and we will hook you up with free Edmonton Elks tickets. If you are listening on Friday on Edmonton Sports Talk, gold. Message us at the Elks Herd. Green on Thursday, gold on Friday, either way. Well, but tomorrow, Friday, we're going to do gold. Okay. Okay. So anyways, guys, go ahead. Shoot us one of those words, depending on what day you're listening, and we will hook you up with some free Edmonton Elks tickets, courtesy of our friend Len. Yes. Who were we are going to be making the gluten free yes. chili for? Nice. Oh, so, do yeah. you have a secret? What's your secret, friend? What's your secret? I, well, I can't tell the secret. We uh, <laughs> at the at the uh, uh, a couple of tailgates ago, there was um, uh, Garrett, uh, the other tailgater. He he made Garrett's famous baked beans, and then um, but last tailgate, Blake Dermott came by. Oh, and, and I've known Blake for a while, but Blake goes, well, what do I understand that uh, Garrett's got these, fa-, and he knows Garrett fairly well. And he said, I, Garrett's got these famous baked beans. I said, that's my recipe. He changed like one thing in it. And so anyways, Blake, if, if you know him, he's he's good sense of humor. So he had a lot of fun with that. Uh, for uh, my chili, I'm not exactly sure. I, I think it's really good, but I, the last time I made a brisket, I saved some brisket and so i'm planning to include some brisket within my uh chopped up brisket within it so that's why i tried that and then i shut him down (laughs) because i was like that's not original chili but look at this look at this that's canadian chili so there you go so there's brent (laughs) taking my secret that Catherine had shut down brent i i'm gonna be over to taste that chili for sure man that sounds like some amazing chili you're gonna be cooking up over there i wish i had some brisket chili brent Sorry. Well, <laughs> come on over. You know, it's, it'll be there for you. You know, the uh, I'm sure you guys find the same. Like, it's so it's so much fun that just anybody kind of stops by and says hello. Like, probably more for you guys because of this show and and you guys do the EE corner and that sort of thing. But uh, I love it when people just come by. Hey, you know, and just start talking, right? Yeah. And uh, and uh, I always ask them, do you want a beer? Do you want a or a beverage? Of some sort you know and and uh no problem that's just that's the that's the fun of it so i love no, that yeah. it, it it's funny because a lot of people a big a big complaint or i guess feedback right a big piece of feedback is that people feel like there's a bunch of private parties so we're all just kind of in our stalls and it's private parties and that's why we put up things like speaker's corner or uh do the tailgate trivia or try to bring people in so that it kind of breaks down that wall and with where you're at right in front of the stage right in the middle of all of it you actually probably get better reception and better foot traffic yeah for people eating your eats and conversating and 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 i think it still needs to be publicized a little bit more uh when i was going around just hanging uh handing out the uh little pamphlets the little thanks for the chili cook-up, I actually ran into a couple of vacuees uh, from the east with the Northwest Territories and all of that, the fires that they're having. So we ended up having a whole bunch of vacuees at that game. And they actually approached me because they weren't sure as to whether they could go to these tents, these little stalls and get food. They were asking how much it costs. Can we get some water anywhere? And 
you know, it was it was a little heartbreaking that, you know, they still have that sense that they can't approach anybody there. So, of yeah. course, right away, I was like, you know what? There's so many places. We have Spirit of Edmonton, K97. Totally. They will give you some water. They will give you some drinks. And if you go to a lot of these stalls, they will welcome you with open arms every single time. So I think we still have to publicize it a little bit more that, of course, everybody's welcome. Everybody's more than welcome to come in and talk to us. But uh, we're getting there. Getting I there. think we're well, getting there. And like Brent said as well, right? Adding that extra 100 people or whatever. Yeah. Brent, Brent saw it. Uh, it. It's getting there. And once again, you're you're expanding your group as well, Brent. You have more people getting spots, uh, more people in, in the Cordy crew, as we know you all to be. Uh, but it, it's building that environment and building that real sense of tailgating. And I, I think we're getting there. September 22nd, the chili cook-off. That's going to be a big part of that. Yes. The, the reason why we talked to our good friends, the Turf District, also on Edmonton Sports Talk. And you need a barbecue over in Sherwood Park. You need a barbecue is actually uh, handing, handing in a pre, uh, prize as well. They're offering a prize of one spot in their barbecue tailgate class. They have a barbecue tailgating class over <laughs> at You Need a Barbecue. So... And that, their class is going to be on November 4th. To get to November 4th, as a tailgater, you have to compete in the chili cook-off on September 22nd. Yeah. So, Brent, uh, <laughs> you're going to be making the, 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 the chili that I want to make. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm going to be thinking about that tonight. Um, all right, guys. So... Speaking of thinking things, thinking of things tonight, I'm going to go to dreamland and think <laughs> about that. So we're, we're going to wrap it up. Um, Brent, we cannot thank you enough for being on the episode today on the show. This was amazing. And we, we really hope to have you back on again. Yeah, this thank is good. you so much. Anytime. And thanks for adapting the time just for uh, my schedule. So I really appreciate that, but that was a lot of fun. I was just oh. So. No, no worries. Uh, a massive good luck to the U of A Golden Bears tomorrow. Definitely. Uh, go destroy Winnipeg and, uh, or sorry, Man it's Manitoba Bison. Technically, it's the Manitoba Bison. But um, yeah, I hope you guys crush tomorrow. I'll definitely be tuning in somehow, some way. Uh, to our viewers, thank you very much, everybody, for listening today, for tuning in, for viewing. Uh, John in the chat here has the last chat of the day with. Uh, Atlantic CFL team jerseys are already up on royalretros.com. If you use Stampede, <laughs> you get 10% off. Guys, thank you so much. This was an amazing episode. My name is Scout, a.k.a. the Rep from Section X. And I'm Catherine, a.k.a. the Even Elks. And that's Brent Cordy from the U of A Golden Bears. A.k.a. Coach Cordy. I got, that's my Twitter, at Coach Cordy. So, uh, you know, give me a follow. I'm happy to... Sounds a good. follow, a tweet, a subscribe, whatever, whatever you can give Brent Cordy here. Uh, Coach Cordy, at Coach Cordy. Any type of love, that's all good. All the love, because uh, he's a loving guy. Everybody, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in today. We are the Elks Herd. This was the Elks Call. Cheers. Have a good night. Cheers. Thank you.